0: welcome to the latest episode of take back our schools i'm andrew gutman and normally this is the time when i would introduce my co-host bethany mandel and she would tell us a little bit about herself but she is not here today so you are stuck just with me as a host but as consolation we have a terrific guest one of my favorite people a friend and one of my absolute favorite people in this parents movement beth feely is with us today Uh, Beth is a freelance writer and editor for various nonprofit organizations and specializes in issues relating to school curriculum, transparency, and balance. She also serves as an advisor to the Woodson Center, a neighborhood empowerment organization based in Washington, D.C., where she helped launch its terrific 1776 Unite effort. Terrific is my word, not Mm -hmm. Beth's. At a local level, Beth oversees a civic organization called nutri neighbors located in the north suburbs of Chicago, where she lives with her family. Uh, The purpose of New Cheer Neighbors is to educate fellow citizens on issues relating to schools and local government, so they are empowered to speak up. Previously, Beth worked in consulting and public relations for Hill, Knowlton, and Arthur Anderson for Fortune 500 clients. She has degrees from Miami University of Ohio and Northwestern University. Thank you so much for joining me here today.
1: Oh, I'm happy to be here. And technically, I also am a Bethany, although. Not oh, I'm sorry. Bethany. no, okay. I, oh, I don't, okay. think, I don't okay. think I ever even told you that. Okay. So. Oh, I didn't know that. Right. Okay.
0: So we got we got replacing one Bethany with another. Um, so you, so you know, I've been involved in this school movement for almost a year now. So I'm sort of still a newbie, although I've learned a lot. You have been involved for much longer. Uh, not to say you're old, but you were absolutely one of the first people, sort of in you know what we can now. I don't know what we call it. Sort of the parents you know, movement. So tell us, you know, go, go back. How did that happen? How did you sure. get involved in this?
1: So, you know, it was similarly to you where I was a parent and I noticed some things happening at my children's schools that I thought was highly questionable. It was about five years ago. And I uh, was noticing in some communication from the school that they were putting together this day of workshops. And some of the titles were things like, Western bias and science and developing a, what was it? A, an accountable white activism for racial civil rights. And some of these titles I found, you know, it just kind of, I, I started questioning like, what is, what is this, yeah. what's going on? So a couple of friends and I got together and we asked the school to introduce some other voices to this lineup. I mean, the and what lineup, grades
0: are we talking about?
1: This was high school. High school. So okay. yes, at the time, uh, I had a freshman uh, in the school, and um, you know, we just we asked the school. It seemed very ideologically imbalanced. It was definitely leaned to the left. Um, a lot of you know what we would call social justice, woke, critical race, stereotype ideas. But and, nobody uh, called
0: it back any of those then.
1: No, you know, right. I actually remember somebody telling me, oh, that sounds like critical race theory. And I thought, okay. what's that? You know, I just, I hadn't been, I wasn't familiar with the term, but when they described it to me, I thought, yes, that sounds exactly what this is like. At any rate, uh, but these terms were not well known. Uh, and I think I think also you were seeing an awful lot of um, political correctness, kind of social justice oriented language throughout the culture as well. And, um, or, and had been for some time. And so it was it was absolutely creeping into the school. So there were a group of us that asked the school to rethink the day, introduce some other perspectives. And since it was about race in particular, perspectives from people of color, and the school pretty much dismissed that idea. And so we kind of went- Did you to meet educating. with them? We did meet with them. Okay.
0: But so yes. they're open to a meeting at that point. They were. And they listened, but they just
1: Yes, rejected. they did not okay. take our suggestions, and so okay. we went about educating the public. Um, and it got into the media, and it became, at the time, a national news story. Uh, there was a Wall Street Journal op-ed written about it. And
0: oh, I didn't know
1: that it, it was very, yeah, it was very okay. controversial in our area. I mean, we had we had an 800-person board meeting about this. Oh wow! Um, yeah. So it was. And what's
0: the so what, what? sort of the political makeup of where you live? I mean, uh, Chicago, I'm assuming, is pretty liberal, but I don't know, the suburbs is. are okay.
1: Yes. So I, I'm in the north suburbs and it is, you know, it used to be pretty balanced. i I'm, I actually am raising my kids in the suburb that I grew up in. And at the you know, back in the day, it was probably 50-50. I'd say it's a lot more, probably 65-35. Uh, 65 liberal or Democrat to 35 conservative Republican. So ideologically, it's a little, it tilts a little bit that direction. But it was very, um, you know, it just wasn't educational. And I think that was really the problem with it. I don't think anybody's afraid to talk about controversial issues or, you know, things that, quite frankly, as a nation, we should be talking in a classroom, we should be talking about and grappling with as a nation. But the way that they were doing it was just not... Um, it was not well thought out. So we, we stepped up and yes, as it turns out, I was really happy to see people like you and others uh, jump in because we really, at the time, you know, a lot of the organizations that have come online were not around then. And so right. Fire was, was the main one that we, um, that we reached out to. And so, uh, and they were able to help somewhat, but even at that time, they were not focused on K through 12. But the good news is now I think over the past couple of years, people have really come to understand that a lot of the issues that are on college campuses we've heard about for a while are very much issues in K through 12.
0: Yeah. So I think it's a, we'll get to this. I think it's a completely sort of different animal now, but go back. So is that when you started an organization? Is that when you started Nutri-Neighbors or was there a while between that first, Mm -hmm. you know, 800 person meeting and, and when you actually organized
1: so the first group that we organized was called Parents of Nutria. Uh, Nutria is the name of the high school and of the township. So there are several suburbs that feed into a township and that school serves the township. So that group started literally as, a, as moms around a kitchen table. And then it quickly grew into a core group. And then we did a petition that was signed by more than 400 people. So we were oh, wow. by okay. no means like the only people that were concerned about this. and. Um, So that's how we started. And we put together a website uh, that had lots of resources and information, recommendations for other people we thought should be involved. And uh, really, it just grew from there. And we just, you know, we tried to encourage parents to understand what was happening. And if they had a problem with it, or wanted to see it done differently to contact the school, we also developed some alternatives. So it was all taking place on this one day, it was called seminar day, which was, it uh there was a they have done several seminar days in the past this one happened to be all about what they called racial civil rights and um anyway so we uh educated and then we also came up with an alternative so instead of going to this day of workshops that were all ideologically one-sided that kids could go down to project hood actually on the south side of chicago which is a nonprofit that is there to empower the residents of Woodlawn to kind of take back their, their neighborhood. And it's run by pastor Corey Brooks, um, who actually has been getting some news lately where he's raising money for a community center down there. So.
0: Okay. So that's interesting. Did you, so did you get a lot of pushback? I mean, I, I'm at school. Oh, yes. yes. Okay.
1: Oh yes. <laughs> okay. So, um, so we had a petition of four, that 400 signed and these le- were legitimate signatures of people who really lived in our community that we had you know, just- Parents
0: or, or anybody, yep. was it?
1: Uh, it was a mix. I think okay. a lot of parents because obviously this was affecting their children, but um, as well as citizens, as taxpayers, these, this is a public school uh, that we're talking about. So we, um, so we had that, the, there was an opposition group that formed, that okay. was very organized. Um, they Their petition had 5,000 signatures and uh-huh. it was they were not all local people, let's just say. Was um, that,
0: do you know who, I mean, was that teacher's union yeah. behind it? Is um, that what?
1: My, my suspicion is yes. I don't okay. know that I've got the receipts, but it would be not surprising. I do know there were teachers involved with it. And also there, um, you know, it was basically organized by people who are very, Active politically, uh, and they, um, boy, they—I mean, they—they—they they, they did a good job. Um, but it—but it sure came across a ten to one outnumber. And you know, at the time, think back five years ago, this was not in the public eye. I mean, nobody was talking about equity as a negative. If anything, I think people probably would hear that term and they would have absolutely no doubt. Versus at least now, I think you're seeing increased awareness over the last couple of years where more people are talking about this and what's happening in our schools. So no, it was my opening experience. I was not politically active. I, you know, I was, I, I was, I paid attention to, you know, it was happening in my kids' life to be informed, but it was um, yeah, it was, it was definitely a trial by fire and uh, yeah. And it was, and it was a difficult time. So this is in early 2017 so we have just had a presidential election that right. was very emotional okay
0: so you you talked about this happening shortly after the after the trump election mm-hmm. controversial time period obviously sensitive topic race mm-hmm. was they're the same fear of speaking up you think mm-hmm. back then that there is now on these topics yes you know you think that 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 made people hesitant to to kind of come out on on this?
1: Yes. If anything, I think it was even more so. I think there was a, a higher level of fear just because not as many people were recognizing this to be an issue. And it is, it's a difficult topic. It is a, um, you know, I think, I think people hesitate to talk about most controversial topics and then especially when it's, when it is race. And I think there's, um, you know, there's just a hesitancy. So no, it was very, it was very difficult to get people to, you know, speak speak at a board meeting, let alone sign a petition. You know, we right. gave the option to sign anonymously because it really was, um, it was that sensitive um, at that time. I think it's actually gotten better, if anything. I mean, you're an example of that. Yeah. You know, I think people have. Have um, been more willing to speak up, but it remains it remains an issue. Um, although I'm actually, I think, and perhaps because I started, you know, a longer, you know, a little a while ago, I've I've noticed improvement. I'm not sure people who are just jumping in would necessarily see that as clearly. Um, so yeah, so, I, I, so I'm it, hopeful.
0: <laughs> yeah, you know, it's funny because I, shortly after my letter, and I was at the very beginning, had a lot of asked to go on TV to you know, yeah. every show on Fox only shows on fox or or to the right of fox but but every show on fox and i reached out to someone i i had a a connection with who was somewhat similar he was one of the big covid contrarians Mm -hmm. uh on twitter at the time and he was doing some fox and he's done a lot more since Mm -hmm. and he had said publicly he was also a little bit uncomfortable doing it because that Mm -hmm. wasn't necessarily his politics but he realized Mm -hmm. That was the only place you're going to go that will take you to get your message across. And if you mm-hmm. want to get your message across, then do it. Long story short, mm-hmm. I said, you know, you've been doing this for a while. It's stressful. This, You know, COVID stuff is controversial. And he said something like, well, it's nothing like race. I would never touch race. <laughs> you know, you, <laughs> what you did in your letter, I would never do. So I was like, oh, <laughs> I didn't realize how controversial this was.
1: With that Had you had that conversation ahead of writing your letter, would you have written it?
0: Yes, I still would have written it. Okay. And I've said, th- I said this a lot, you know, when I've been on podcasts and media, mm-hmm. I never thought my letter was about race. Mm-hmm. I thought it was about the inability or the unwillingness of schools to have difficult discussions. Yes. One of which is on race. I mm-hmm. thought it was about indoctrination. Mm-hmm. You know, so to me, although obviously that, you know, it, it touches on race significantly, the letter was never about race. So yeah, mm-hmm. I, I have no regrets of mm-hmm. doing it. So, okay, let me go back. Last question on sort of what where this started, you know, five years ago for you. Sure. That seminar day, mm-hmm. that you know, on race. Do you have any? Did you know then? Do you know now where that came from? In other words, what what? Why did the school start doing that? Was that a push by teachers? Was that a push coming down from board of ed, teachers union? Do you have any idea?
1: Yes. Uh, for many years, Nutrier has engaged with the Pacific Educational Group which Uh is one of the purveyors of this type of so-called equity training. It's got a bunch of different monikers. So this type of thinking, I think, is very um, embedded within the culture there. I think there are probably some proponents for it. I don't think the entire teaching staff is you know, thinks the same way about this, but there are definitely some key players who pushed this and who that is actually the second year that they had done it um, the previous year. And I did not have a student at the school. Um, they basically, they needed to fill Martin Luther King Jr. Day with some okay. content. And they they came up with this year one uh, version of seminar day which was the same highly ideological take. And um, yeah, just totally imbalanced, um, which is really all we had asked for was, was balance, Balanced, so similar right. to you. Yeah, that yep. was that was really what we'd asked for. And anyway, so, but they decided to do it for year two. Um, I don't know that they had covered that topic in previous seminar days. I'm not I'm not 100% sure about that, but it was definitely some key players that I think with a lot of support from some key administrators um, who pushed this. And um, I think... At the time, the school board supported it and they ended up voting to go ahead and do that that seminar day. And um, so it was uh, yeah, so I mean, so they clearly they clearly had had some very key institutional support for it.
0: Gotcha. All yeah. right, I know I lied, to the last question. One last question on this. Sure. How did your kids feel about you becoming this parent activist and organizing other people? Yeah.
1: This? That's a great question. So You know, I need to confess at the time, there were, there were kind of four of us that were key um, kind of originators of the group and two of them were more public facing and I was not one of them because I was very, I was, I was nervous. I'll be honest. I'm believe it or not, a fairly shy person who really keeps to herself. And so that is kind of my natural state. And so I didn't know that I had the skills to do that and um, nor kind of the appetite for it because it was, it was brutal but about, I don't know. So that was during it. I would say a couple months later, I kind of realized that it's inevitable. And quite frankly, it is much better to be out with believing, you know, speaking for what you believe in. And so, yes, it can be a little bit, um, intimidating and a little scary at first, but once you have crossed over to doing that, you will, you will not regret it because it just, it is feel, it feels like I, um, you know, can just speak my mind and, and do it, you know, like feeling like my whole self versus yeah. trying to, having to hide and be in the shadows and, you know, censor and filter yourself. It's a terrible way to live. And so I was, I've been very public to answer the question about how my kids feel about it. You know, at the time um, I have never pushed my belief on my kids. I, I actually believe that they should be exposed to all sorts of viewpoints. I think they know where I stand on many issues, but we don't agree on all of them. They were, you know, I think they were supportive. Um, My, you know, my daughter, she came um, with us to Project Hood. I gave her the choice. You can go to the day of workshops or you can come to the South side. That was not the expectation that she had to do one or the other. She still talks about that day that we went down to the South side of Chicago. We met students. We were taken around the neighborhoods. They learned so much. So I think I would have to say supportive. Um, my other two were probably a little bit too young to really understand, okay. but I haven't stopped. And I think they, I think they accept it. They know that like, this is what mom thinks, but it doesn't, you know, but I don't, I don't impose it upon them. I just think that, that, that they, they deserve a good education and they deserve to be, you know, in a community where people appreciate one another's points of view. I think we're better for it. And so I, you know, I'm sure they
0: I'm guessing they appreciate that their mom is fighting Mm -hmm. for them and for their, even if they don't agree with that, you know, everything necessarily that, that, you know, you're fighting for their education and for them.
1: I am. And I think it's, and I do, I will say, you know, your kids are always watching you. And so whether you choose to, speak out, whether you choose to remain quiet at home, you know, they are observing. And I do think it's important that you model good citizenship, you know, always be professional in everything that New Trier neighbors, which is the follow-on to parents of neutrier. Um, you had asked about that earlier. So this yeah. group, which has been now in existence for almost five years, it is, um, you know, we always have journalistic integrity in what we report. Um, you know, it may be, we may report opinion, but it is at least, you know, it is presented reasonably You know, we do not ad hominem attack people ad hominem. We, um, you know, we really try to maintain very high standards because that's what you should do in public discourse. It's really nothing more than that.
0: Well said. So okay, so we're in a very different sort of world now. In the last year, where this parents' movement has really blown up, um, enormous media attention, (laughs) affected elections in Virginia and elsewhere, school boards all across the country. So, what is the last sort of five years? been like? I mean, what, what what has the organization been doing over the five years? Mm-hmm. And then how do you think that, you know, the last year is is the same as it's been for you since you've been doing this for a long time, or is it very different?
1: So it was at the time, you know, we built, because we were kind of learning by doing, um, we we just kind of, we kind of looked at, okay, well, what, what should we be doing? Well, we need to get the word out. So we built a mailing list and things that would happen in the school that either we would see come across the transom or people would send to us and we would vet the source. We started initially by just sending out um, an email. I think at the time we were doing it about once a week. And there was just a lot of content because the the school had said, um, you know, they actually decided that they were not going to necessarily do another seminar day. This is five Mm -hmm. years ago. There could be another one coming now. Uh, But that they were going to commit to embed this type of material into the curriculum. So we knew that we needed to kind of, you know, keep watch and, and make sure there was a mechanism to get word out. So that was one thing. And then we into, also- can I just have you, Into
0: what curriculum? Into something specific? Into history no. or into everything? What?
1: All of it. Um, All of I it. think okay. that, yeah, and they weren't specific, but I think we probably see most of it uh, in English and history. Uh, curricula. I think in those types of courses, I think in math and science, it's a little bit harder. Although I will say that they had every department, I believe do a quote unquote equity plan. And right. so I think they they want the departments to be thinking about it and thinking of ways that they can inject this kind of social justice, woke, equity, whatever you wanna call it, um, into all of the courses. And so, um, yeah, so, so we knew it was a priority. And so we just sought to educate that interestingly we we thought also you know of course then we also want to um you know we hope that to to impact the school board you know possibly you know weigh in on school board elections and things like that and actually started as a c4 but that turned out to be just a longer term issue i think it was really hard kind of getting back to the you know do people want to um you know, do people want to speak out while well, right. run, running for school boards, a whole nother level of activity. Mm-hmm. So we actually shifted to a C3 because really education is what we've been largely doing and continue to do. So that's um, kind of the lane that we've been in politically. Did you ever think of running? Uh, no, because I seriously am really shy and I don't okay. draw energy from it. Okay, okay. <laughs> I would be, I would be great in the background. No, I, 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 I've been asked, let me just yeah, say I'm that sure you've been asked. Yeah, right. okay. I have. And, um, you know, and I hope to part of, it's a function of my, the age of my kids. I give a lot of credit for people whose kids are my kids ages and can do that. Um, it is because it's no, it's a, it's a big responsibility, big responsibility. So, um, but yes, I mean, yes. Have I thought about it? Maybe what I think about it later? Sure. But you know, possibly in some capacity, we'll kind of see what, what lays ahead for me. Um,
0: so- so I know your story. You did. You guys did something really interesting with the Chicago principles. Yes, and, and I'd love to hear about that. I, I, I'll let you introduce what that is and what you did. And I know that you were the first. I don't know if you're still the only, or at least
1: there are others. You know, okay. interestingly, yes, we have had um, other people find. Um, what we did to be a good model. So I don't have like a complete tally, but anecdotally, okay. I hear of people introducing this type of statement. And um, it's been great uh, to, to see the, the interest in it. And okay. so basically what it was.
0: Yeah, go back because I didn't introduce yeah. it. So what is the Chicago Statement of Chicago Principles sure. and, and why did you want that introduced and what impact does it have?
1: So uh, we, we thought, you know, it would be very important because we too, we, what we really value is balance in this marketplace of ideas um, concept that we thought needed to be institutionalized very clearly in the high school. And we thought a great way to do that would be to model a statement that would pertain to high school, but based upon what's known as the Chicago Statement, which was a, um, a statement that the University of Chicago put out uh, about four years ago, three or four years ago, I think. And it basically articulated that um, the principles of free speech, this marketplace of ideas, um, we are not going to have safe spaces and protect you from thought because that's actually what you know, you need to be exposed to those ideas so you can become stronger in your own beliefs. I'm paraphrasing, obviously. Um, at any rate, but it was a great statement that they put out. It was a kind of, I think, groundbreaking and a real model. And I believe upwards of 75, 80, possibly more other universities signed on to this. Yeah. The um, FIRE, the Foundation for Individual Rights and Education also got behind it. And it was a great model. So we thought, well, why don't we take the ideas behind that and let's kind of condense it down into something that we could present to neutral high school so that they could be the first school, at least that we were aware of, to adopt something like this. And so that's what we did. So we proposed it. We composed a statement. We proposed it at a school board meeting. And, and what, was,
0: what was that? What was the reaction?
1: We heard nothing Okay, nothing <laughs> at first. Okay, <laughs> um, You know, we also in, you know, uh, kind of communication, you know, offline, I think the school understood that yes, it's a great idea that they should do it. So basically, um, they workshopped with a little help, um, kind of a refined version of it. And they ended up adopting it at a school board meeting, I believe that was fall of 2020. I have to. I'd have to look back. Okay. Um, at any rate, it was excellent. It was great. Uh, we were fully supportive of the school doing it. It really said to us that they do value that um, that you know, civil discourse and critical thinking and the you know, treating one another with respect as we debate ideas really has is is of utmost importance at the school and that they were going to make it a priority. And so we um so so we were very happy to see that happen.
0: And has it had an impact?
1: Yes okay. I, you know it's Great. hard to tell it's hard to <laughs> okay. tell because they yeah. don't they don't exactly report to us on it let's just say uh, but we do you know we see we anecdotally we have had parents contact us saying that they have used it when they see something happening in their child's classroom that they that they will bring it in and they will say, hey, I thought this was a priority I know you adopted this at the board meeting you know I don't know that the school has posted it on, on the website yet and okay. so that is that would be a very easy high impact move that they could make. Um, they have been asking departments to kind of do their own, uh, uh, introduction of these ideas and make presentations at school board meetings over the last year. I think they've had two departments go so far. They've been kind of meh. Like I, I think, I think they could be, um, more robust. I think they could be really, um, I think taking those ideas and dramatically demonstrating, and I'm not sure, I think in my opinion, they've missed the mark a little, however, you know, I'm very open to the fact that this is a, um, you know, it's a lot, it's a big organization and it could take some time to socialize it amongst the teachers, amongst, you know, all the stakeholders, but it Are the students, mm -hmm.
0: the students aware of it? You think-
1: I, you know, I don't know how much they've communicated directly to okay. the students. My, mine are aware of it, obviously. Right. <laughs> um, so, and those whose who's parents uh, read our newsletter and will tell them about it. So, I don't know. I don't know that they've had, you know, something in homeroom that where every teacher has gone through it. So, I hope so. You know, there's a, re- there's a lot of opportunity to promote this to students so that the students know that they should have this expectation of, you know, Marketplace yeah. of ideas in the classroom, open debate. I think teachers it could be introduced into teacher training. Um, it could be introduced into how they evaluate their, um, you know, teachers on performance, and they could also, you know, when the students begin at New Trier, they have an, a freshman orientation. This absolutely should be a part of that. So these are all ideas that, you know, when they are, if they want to hear from us and we can collaborate on those, we're happy to do that. Because um, as I've said, we we thought that this was a really great achievement um, that the school, that the school did. Yeah,
0: I think it is. So, okay. In the last year, this, this movement has, has exploded. Like we said, mm-hmm. has that had an impact on nutrient at all? Positively, negatively, neutrally? You know the, the, that that now that the issues you have been fighting for many years, five years, have become people fighting this everywhere. I mean, how does yes. that impacted your organization?
1: Well, we certainly hear from a lot, far more people because more people are aware of what's going on in the schools. Yeah. So, ab- absolutely. Uh, so, as far as turn Neighbors, yes. You know, our our mailing list has grown. Our I think I think people, if anything, I've had friends say to me. Now I understand what you had a problem with right, all those right. years ago. so <laughs> so yes, it has been kind of kind of satisfying to you know not be that lone voice in the wilderness uh, anymore and and I certainly was not the only one. I mean there there were a lot of people. I think it's just become a lot easier to talk about the issues that we are um, that we are facing, and you know it's easier to get people, I think, involved and know, really realizing to kind of, you know, take take things up with their kids' teachers, take things up with the school, get them to speak at school board meetings. I think that that's actually naturally occurring. And I think COVID had a lot to do with it. I think there were a lot of issues going on, not just, you know, CRT type of curriculum issues, but just, you know, getting schools open, getting schools, you know, where People could make health choices for themselves, so I think that all has contributed to yes, far more people being active. Um, as the sc- has the school changed because this is more um, kind of top of mind, and people know. You know, I did notice that at the school they they used some of that terminology. They they have they have incorporated equity into their you know plans, and mm-hmm. so it's in their their strategic plan and all of the plans. I did notice that they removed language that talked about kind of systems of oppression, like some, some of the language that would, I think be a little bit more CRT oriented, I did notice has been removed from the plan. And so I don't know exactly when that happened, but I would like to think that it's because, you know, we, we've written a lot about that, that why why is language like this, um, you know, in a school strategic plan, you know, they just, they need to explain it or, or you know, is it really a value? So. You know, so I think that that there has been impact in that way.
0: So you mentioned the you know, the COVID experience, a lot of schools being remote. What a lot of people in this movement has said is that this was the parents' first opportunity to actually see what was going on in the schools because they were overhearing, you know, Zoom oh, school. Yes. Is that consistent with, I mean, would you agree with that?
1: Uh, yes. In fact, I would call it perhaps the only silver lining of the cloud mm-hmm. of COVID just that parents were hearing firsthand, yes, on their children's Zoom calls, um, exactly how teachers were teaching subjects, you know, assignments, language, all of that. So yes, I I absolutely agree. And, um, you know, so it was actually a blessing um, from what was yeah. otherwise 100%, um, you know, a very difficult educational, you know, past yeah. two years for everybody.
0: And, and you know, we've we talked about race, and that was where both for what you did and and my letter sort of, that was the inspiration. Mm -hmm. More recently, we've seen a lot more pushback from parents on the gender, sexuality, trans kind of curriculum or or integration into curriculum. Is that something that Mm -hmm. you or your group has also been involved with fighting, had -hmm. issues with?
1: We we have, Uh, we have been, we have paid attention to various book assignments And there was one last summer that was a book called, it was a book called Two Boys Kissing. And so we were, you know, it wasn't necessarily, it wasn't LGBTQ content, but it was the sexual, ex- sexually explicit acts that were contained within the book. And quite frankly, it didn't matter to me what kind. I just right. thought that that was not appropriate. And And many parents thought it was not appropriate for sophomore English. And it was also one of these situations where, you know, it was, it, there was drinking, swearing, you know, a bunch of different behaviors that quite frankly are probably against the school's own codes. So why are you assigning this in sophomore English? And it was, you know, and it's stuff that I would feel not comfortable, you know, right. telling my own mother about. So why, again, why is it in a sophomore English class? So yes, no, we haven't, we have run into those issues. Um, yeah. They're not any, you know, they're not any easier to, to, Um, to address, but that is, um, you know, but they, you know, I think the school needs to hear from people um, because otherwise, how do they know that anybody does find this inappropriate? They also, um, there was also this really questionable assignment where they, they said to the kids, uh, and again, you could see this because kids are doing these assignments online from home. And one of the questions was the next couple pages contain some explicit, like sexual material. You can skip it if you'd like, Okay, then the next question was, if you skipped it, why? Right. <laughs> so I, I'm really trying to figure out what is the educational purpose of that question? Um, and yeah. so anyway, so yeah, so I think there, there are quality issues, content issues, and a lot of things. So that's just one example um, of you know, things that, that, that came to parents. I think, and I think parents seeing it and hearing it in, um, firsthand versus hearing about it secondhand also mm-hmm. makes a very different impact. And so I think that's why you've saw, seen a lot of parents kind of uh, rise up.
0: And my, yeah. My sense is, and you can agree or disagree that it's a little bit easier for parents to push back on some of that stuff than it is on the race stuff. They're, they're, they're terrified of being called a racist. This is a little bit easier. Not that it's easy. I mean, mm-hmm. would you, you get that sense too, or you mm-hmm. think it's, there's no difference.
1: I'm not sure. You know, I think, I, I think, I think they both can be very, you know, uh, lightning rod topics. And so I think they it just, it depends. I think. Um, perhaps it's because I am blessed to um, be able to work with so many people you know from various backgrounds, you know um, and la- largely African American, um, as it relates to my work at the Woodson Center that perhaps I, I find that I just know of so many people that see that thinks all of the racial grievance material is is so infantilizing and condescending and and so I so I'm, I may not be the best person to ask. So asking your average parent, perhaps, I don't know. I actually, I don't know. I think they're both, I think they're both difficult, but I think that people who, people should not feel, I mean, I, I'd hate, I hate for people giving into the idea that, Oh, I can't say anything because I'm not a
0: slack right, label right. on
1: mm-hmm. that. I think is irregardless of what type of topic you're talking about. I don't think is the right um, approach just because I think if anything, it gives into that whole notion that, you can only say something if you are a block, you know, a blank. And, um, you know, I don't, I don't believe that for me. Like I, I, I'm interested in hearing from people, you know, on, on any topic because they are a human being and they have thoughts, you know, I think that's kind of our litmus test.
0: So are you optimistic that we can effectuate change in these schools? I know you and I have, have, <laughs> you have a little bit more of a glass a, half full, and I have, I have a little nick- bit more of a glass half empty. I will, I will help. I have a nick-
1: I have a nickname for you. Yeah. um that's <laughs> a I, I am, I am optimistic. It's, it's a, you know, but it's. I'm not optimistic this will change tomorrow, um, but I am optimistic long term. I am. I, I think that, uh, I, you know, I think that we have we have an opportunity, especially now coming out of the last couple years. And I think there is a lot of energy and that you are seeing some very positive change and you are seeing, you know, people thinking about school differently. You know, you've seen drastic increase in homeschooling. Yeah. That might be a great option. I just think that um, people are more open-minded about how to do school um, more now than they have been in decades. So I think that's a great opportunity. I also think that technology, Um, has made it possible to do school differently. Um, I do not wanna see remote learning return to the public school sphere full-time. I thought that that was terrible. And I think we're gonna be dealing with the ramifications um, from that for years to come. But I do think that there are smart ways that you can incorporate it. So, So we've got opportunity there. And I think that, you know, maybe this has made us a little bit more appreciative of, you know, what we are as a, as a country. I think that we, this jarring experience has reshuffled a lot. And so that I think now, like people are maybe open to, to thinking differently and maybe that's what we needed in order to shake free of some of these bizarre um, you know, talons that, has, that had kind of seized some of our institutions. And so, no, I am, I am hopeful, so. Well,
0: clearly this has become now a big political issue. I mean, we saw that yes. last November. We'll see that presumably again this and November.
1: How these things it's, play out, right? I mean, that's that's where policy, ma- policy is made by politicians. And so I think that that people can and should educate themselves so that they can make the best decisions, you know, on the choices they have.
0: And it's but it, it seems to, in addition, it mobilized you know, parents that maybe were not political before. Mm-hmm. And, and didn't vote or didn't get involved to really get involved now in these education issues, COVID being part of them, schools closed now, the yes. CRT and some of this other stuff. Seemingly, in, in, and I see this in New York, has mm-hmm. really lit the fire under a lot of people that wouldn't have otherwise gotten involved politically. People running for school board, mm-hmm. people running for local office in other ways. So it's it's interesting. Fantastic.
1: It's great. I mean, that's that's really what we need at that really hyper local level To is where this needs to start. And I think that, Um, it would be great to see if in every community that there are more people running than there are spaces, you know, open and, um, and that there's a balance and, you know, a lot of these are nonpartisan, but, but people have the beliefs they have. And so, but it would be great for people to have choice. Um, and that is, no, it's, it's, it's very exciting to see. And I think it's happening all over. Um, so let's. It seemingly is. Yeah.
0: So last question. I mean, I know, and I'm sure you get the same. I get a lot of people reach out to me and say, Hey, I'm dealing with this in my kid's school or how do I know what's being taught in my kid's school? Or I see this, I don't know how to fight back. What do I do? So mm-hmm. you've been doing this longer than almost anybody. What yeah. advice do you have for parents that say, hey, what do I do about this?
1: Yeah. So the first thing is to, you know, it's important to be checking your kid's backpack. It's important okay. to be connecting with your child on what's happening in the classroom. You know, so I think that's a what you can do. Um, be, you know, read up on this. There are there are so many resources out there now, and that's something that I started doing once I realized once I saw that first curriculum. I started reading voraciously about you know really anything I could get my hands on because believe it or not, this was not this did not just start five years ago by any stretch of the imagination. You know, I was learning about Peggy McIntosh in the eighties, who was, you know, birthing that idea of white privilege and the white and the knapsack and all of that never knew about it, but I just started reading and reading and reading. And I think, um, you begin to see the patterns after you've done that. So it's kind of, it's like a bit of doing your homework. I think you should kind of know somewhat what you're talking about before you want to go and address it. And then I would very openly, honestly, Knowing that, you know, your child deserves an education where they are being taught, you know, like a diversity of thought and not just a, tr- a teacher's political bias. Right. Um, you know, if you believe that, then go in and, and make your make your cases and ask questions, be respectful. Start with the teacher. If you're not getting a response there, go to the department head. If you're not getting a response there, go to the administration. Um, give them the benefit of the doubt to respond. But if you're not getting a response, be diligent and keep going. The other piece of advice I'd say is find a a, a couple, a friend, a couple friends, you know, because I think it's very difficult to do this alone. But even just with a small group of people to begin, you would be very surprised at, at, at the change that you can affect. And so, and it'll, it'll also be, not only will you have a I think a, a higher quality effort, um, but it's also, it's, you know, you bond with people over issues like this and, um, you know, and it's been fantastic meeting people like you across the country. Like you, you do not know where this is, where this will go, but um, I think it's been, I mean, I wouldn't change anything. So.
0: Terrific. No, I, 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 I will echo that, which is, you, you cannot do this alone. You've got to find other people to, to fight with and organize with. And that's a challenge. It's especially a challenge in the private school world. Mm-hmm. Where people are so terrified. You don't have the civil rights protections you do in civil in, in public schools. You don't have, yes. um, you know, public board meetings, and and it's it's really a challenge. But you've got to find other people that are like minded. So, well, thank you. Oh, you want to say something else?
1: Oh, I was just going to say, what is that saying? Like, don't let perfect be the enemy of the good. Yeah. So start somewhere. You know, you don't have to have all of this figured out before you start questioning and um, you know do do your homework. But know that you don't have to go in there as a professional educator or, or, you know, in any way, you know, as a parent, you've got a right to be asking these questions and to just, just start. So, yeah. yes, No, you do.
0: And I mean, that, and that's, that's, that's one of the big debates now is do parents have, should parents have influence in their kid's school? And I think most of us think that we should. (laughs)
1: Oh, I think and the teachers know.
0: unions think that we should not.
1: Well, and there you go. It's a philosophical difference. Yeah. I mean, it really is. But I think um, I, I do think most parents understand that 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 they are responsible um, until those kids are launched. And so that the school can and should be a partner in that. And if the school is not looking at you as a partner, then you know that you've got a, a situation that you need yeah. to address.
0: Yeah, I agree. Well, thank you so much for sharing your experiences and your advice uh, as, as really one of the leaders of this movement. So okay. I thank you for being a leader of this movement. And I thank you for joining us on the podcast.
1: Thank you, Andrew. It was a pleasure.
0: I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Beth Feely. If you did, please share your our podcast with your friends, write us a review, leave a comment. We'd appreciate that. Thanks for listening. And we'll be back soon with a new episode of Take Back Our Schools.
1: Ricochet. <laughs>